This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, where we focus on you and getting you to new heights that you never thought were possible, and also to get advice from other people in the in and out of the industry about success and how we can help your practice grow. So today, I would love to introduce my guest, Mr. Jim Palmer, who is the author of the book, Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger. And so we're going to talk about some of those triggers in making decisions. Um, and Jim is a marketing and business building expert and in-demand coach. He's the founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. That's a mouthful, Jim. Jim is the host of Dream Business TV. Um, he also hosts a weekly uh, web TV show and Gosh, there's just all kinds of things. He has a radio show called Stick Like Glue, and I love that. I love that phraseology. Um, Jim is best known internationally as the newsletter guru. Um, he just shared with me that that's kind of where he got started, was writing some newsletters, and creator of the No Hassle Newsletters, the ultimate done-for-you newsletters marketing program used by hundreds of clients in nine countries. So if you're thinking about doing a newsletter, um, Jim might be the perfect person for you to do that. So, Jim, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yep, happy to have you. Um, so, you know, we were talking about your book, and thank you for sending it to me again. Um, we were talking about your book a little bit, and, you know, one of the struggles that, that a lot of loan officers have, and, and the reason I want to share this with everybody, is making decisions. And I think that's great that you're talking about deciding. You know, everybody wants to be successful, and there's a lot of hope behind that. Yeah, I hope I can be successful. They may do a business plan, but they don't really act on it. And there's a lot of reasons why people don't act on things. And I'm all about taking action and, and doing that. So and making sure that, you know, I accomplish my goals by taking action. But I see a lot of people laying out a plan, but not taking that step to take the action. And I'd like to talk to you about why, why don't people do that? What do you think is the reason behind all that? Well, first and foremost, and I think this is really the kind of the 10,000 foot view or the a big umbrella, um, it's fear based. And, you know, people have a lot of fears like, what if it doesn't work? What if I'm going to look silly? What if I'm going to lose money? What if I'm not ready? Um, there's another big fear I write about and decide, and it's the fear of being found out, you know. Um, <laughs> and people think, and it's funny, Jen, you know, no matter how much success you achieve, um, there's always this little fear like, well, what if they find out I'm just a guy in my dining room with a laptop, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. And it's really silly stuff because, you know, people by and large, you, we all know this, they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And one of the ways to really advance the speed of that is, is to be your authentic self. So when you choose to be authentic, like I, I learned that years ago, I've been doing weekly videos for six years. And when you do videos, you can't hide who you really are. You know, once in a while you do an interview or you do a podcast or you might do a video every once in a while and you, it's just perfect and you do 21 takes. But when you crank out a video every single week for six years, people know you're a goofball <laughs> and you may have some smarts and some marketing knowledge, but you're, you know, but the thing is you need to be comfortable with the fact that when you are your authentic self, you're going to attract the right kind of people that you're meant to do business with, but you're also going to repel a certain amount of um, the population or your prospective client base, whatever, because you're not meant to do business with everyone. And that's really a fear like, well, what if I'm putting off somebody who could be a client? Well, again, you know, the, I think it was actually Ben Franklin, gosh, hundreds of years ago, said, you know, the easiest way to fail in business is to try and please everybody. So mm -hmm. being your authentic self and not worrying about what other people think, that's another chapter, is, is the fear of, um, the fear of uh, criticism. And, well, what if it's not right? And I, I'll, I'll tell you something. When I wrote my first book, it took me 18 months. My fifth and sixth books I wrote in 60 days because I learned to get over the fact that I am an ill-perfect person, right? I make mistakes. I never went to writing school, journalism school. I'm, my books have some really good information, but I'm 
100% sure there's probably at least a half a dozen grammar or mistakes in there. <laughs> and, you know, and you, and uh, I'll give you an action step if you want, how, how people can get over that. Do you want that, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We want everything. Here's what you, Great. Here's what you need to do. People need to decide. I'll probably say that word a lot. People need to decide that they're going to choose to be judged on the value of the information, the content, the service, whatever they provide. They need to, be cho- they need to choose to be judged on the value of that information and not the imperfect way in which you present it or share it. Well, and this really gets down to what you're saying. I mean, the best script is truth. Right. So it's it's getting through how people are perceiving you and therefore diminishing the value and the content of what you're doing because you're so preoccupied with how you're saying it, what you're saying, what your body language looks like, etc. That's right. And, and, you know, it's you've heard the expression, the truth shall set you free. It's Mm -hmm. like that in marketing. It's like that in branding when you've got to always be on guard as to how you present yourself. And I listen, when I started doing videos, um, I said, well, if people are going to take me seriously as a businessman, as a marketer, as a coach, I better I better step up my game. (laughs) And I tried to be all serious. And that's the last thing I am is is a serious, you know, I, I, I just enjoy life. I mean, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I face cancer. And when you face cancer and face your mortality, you learn not to take everything so seriously. So, you know, I learned to be not worried about that. And I'll tell you an example. It's it's absolutely true that um, I remember a a call I had with a prospective coaching member. It's going back like three or four years, but it was, he was a a senior lawyer with a law firm and yeah, can I help a lawyer? Absolutely. But he really felt that by and large, he watched about six months of my videos and he looks at my newsletters and things like that. And he goes, uh, there were two hang-ups. First of all, I don't I don't travel. It's all uh, um, phone-based coaching or Skype coaching or whatever. So I don't travel to people because that's a horrible waste of time. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't get over that, first of all. But he said also, um, are you always kind of like just, uh, I don't know if he used the word aloof, but it was something like that. And I said, this is who I am. And I guarantee that if we spent 20 minutes or half an hour on the phone, I will give you so much information, ideas, and knowledge that will absolutely change the course of your business. It shouldn't matter to you if I'm wearing a T-shirt or if I crack a joke in the middle of our conversation. I will make you more money. And he couldn't get over the fact because I think he was kind of a buttoned-up kind of guy. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that was fine with me. I I said, you know what? I don't think we have a good fit here. He goes, you know what, Jim? I appreciate you saying that. I agree. I didn't want to be the first one to say it. And I said, I'm totally good with that. The last thing I want to do is start coaching somebody, give them some really great information. Three weeks in, he goes, I'm not comfortable. And then I gave him about a year's worth of great coaching (laughs) advice, you know? So it's good to find out who you're meant to do business with. Right. I think that's really important, too. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that. I've, um, I've talked about it. I think I've talked about it in the podcast guest. I'm so many podcasts in now, but uh, you know, my first two or three podcasts, if anybody goes back and listens to them, I was saying, uh, hi, welcome. <laughs> and then, and I thought, gosh, I sound, I sound like the Saturday night live skit of sweaty balls um, at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm, that sounds good. And, and I just said to my husband, Hey honey, I think I should re-record that. And he goes, honey, just let it be because it's you. And you know, that's what this has come to be is that you're going to hear mistakes on my podcast and that's just the way it is because it's just me and and I think that's um, attractive so okay so so, so can I, I, and I agree with yeah mm-hmm. when um, so you know I look at my calendar at the beginning of the day I'm usually backed up like 830 to 6 I do calls Monday Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday I do all my calls and I saw okay and um, I saw that we're we're doing it on a conference line, and I said, "Oh, how refreshing! I do mine on a conference line." And there's yeah. some people who get on your on your uh, their podcast, and I don't I don't know um, how old you are if you remember this, but there oh, used I'm to be old. probably okay, probably 20 years ago they did there was like the morning zoo concept, and they had whistles and sound effects oh, and yeah. gags, and it was just so produced. And to me, I get somebody, when I do my own podcast, Stick Like Lou, I get somebody on a conference line and I interview them for half an hour and I have a conversation. We go back and forth and I'm like, I'm interested in what they say. And it's a conversation that I think two people are having that other people want to overhear. And so I'm all, right. about, I'm all about information and not perfection, which I talked about earlier, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important, too. So, so. Okay, so now we're loan officers. So let's think about mm-hmm. this for a second. We're loan officers, okay. and we're putting on this 
this fear of going out there, the fear and the and the facade, and you know, and I want to be the master, the jack of all trades, and not the master of you know, not I, I want to make sure I can get every kind of loan that I can possibly get to, um, and yet they don't do it anyway. They have the wherewithal, but they don't do it. So, what are some what are some tips that you can give us, or some strategies that you could give us to um, really get that going? And I love that GPS part. Okay, so maybe yeah. we can talk about well, the GPS. Well, first of all, before I give you a tip or a strategy, because the way I look at it, a tip or a strategy is kind of, what kind of shortcut can I get to get the results I want? That's how I look at it a lot of times. And I think um, one of the things that entrepreneurs, and you know, whether you're a loan officer, or you own the business or whatever, we're, you know, you're a rainmaker. You need to sell and you need to close business and keep business and things like that. But here's the deal. Uh, I write about something in the book, Decide, calls it, it's called a 3 a.m. holy crap moment. So a three <laughs> I've moment had those. Means, uh, we, we all have, right? <laughs> right? And so if you're laying in bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's pitch dark, but your eyes are wide open, you're looking up at the ceiling, and you're going, holy crap, I haven't closed a new deal in 90 days. Holy crap, I don't know if I'm going to make my rent this week. Holy crap, I own the business, and I haven't paid myself in 60 days. And there's, there's just like an endless supply of holy crap moments when, when you're in business or, or in the service-based business, whatever. And the What you need to do at that point is get out of bed, walk into the bathroom, and look in the mirror. And it's really hard because even men who look in the mirror to shave, they're looking at their cheeks. So you need to look at yourself in the eye, and you point yourself quite angrily, and you say, why are you holding me back? Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you this, it's not a tipper strategy that's holding you back. It's your mindset. There is fear somewhere that's preventing you from moving forward. And whether you work for somebody, whether you work for a company or you're a business owner, the fear is the same. You don't want to do what you need to do to get that business going, which might be cold calling, it might be networking, whatever it is, it's unpleasant. It's an unpleasant part of running a successful business, but it needs to be done. And so the action step that I would give, and I'll call it an action step instead of a tip, is you need to personalize that in a very real way. See, when you're a business owner and you choose not to do something, early on in my business, I hated public speaking. And as I as I got, you know, my star kind of rose, so to speak, and people say, hey, can you come give us a talk on marketing or this, that, and the other thing? I say, hey, well, I'm flattered. Thanks for asking me, but I'm traveling. I'm very busy. Like hell I was. I just didn't want to go stand in front of 200 people and give a speech. <laughs> and so as a business owner, I was okay with that decision because you know why? There was nobody going to call me down the hall and say, what the hell? How come you didn't go do that? And by the way, I'm going to take that out of your your raise next year because as the business owner, you're the boss. Right. Now, there's safety in that. And, and I think there's that's safety part of it in too. That. Mm. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, Jen. When, when, when I was in that mode where my business was really starting to grow, but not as much as, and as fast as I wanted to, um, my girl, I had four kids. When I started, I had four teenagers at home, but uh, five years into it, I only, my uh, twin girls were the youngest. I think they were probably juniors in high school at the time. And I knew full well they wanted to go to college. They were planning on it. They were visiting colleges, and I was in no financial shape to send them. And I started thinking, you know what? If I say no to speeches, if I say no to videos, if I say no to writing a book because I'm afraid someone's going to think I didn't pass the sixth grade, I may be okay with that. I'm in, personally, I might be okay with my business growing at a smaller rate than I know is possible, but now it's going to impact my girls. It's going to impact my job as a father and a husband and as a man, quite honestly, and I'm not okay with that. Mm, and so I did a number right. of things. I did a number of things to overcome that. I mean, everything. I, I talk about it in the book. We won't go into it all here, but I, I can get in front of, I can get on a stage in front of hundreds of people now and give a kick butt speech because I learned to get over that fear. I do my own live events. I've written six books. I can do all of that because I choose to do the things that are hard because that's what ultimately is going to push you into the higher levels of success. Right. And that's not, and those are the things that are going to um, not hold you back. They're going to help you financially get, you know, get in it, and they're going to help you get where you want to go. And that's something that, you know, in our industry, it's all, it's a numbers game for us. It truly is a numbers game. Um, and so, okay, well, that's wonderful. So that's an action step is isolating that down to what does it really mean that you're not willing to do that and what's the result going to be when you don't? And, and there's also risk, by the way, in investing. I call it investing in your future growth. Now, we sometimes have to invest. In other words, we have to put money out that we might not have right now or we're not comfortable investing 
Um, and I, if anybody says spending expenses, you change it to investing because if it's done wisely, it's an investment. When I started my first business, Jen, I was writing and designing newsletters for companies, and my very first client was a mortgage broker. And so I'm doing his newsletter month after month, and back in the day, man, I used to go and deliver them, and I was like all over it. And I think it was like the sixth month I'm down there. I think his name was Tom. It's so long ago. But I said, hey, Tom, really appreciate you being a client for so long. I just got to ask you, um, what's the average time that people, once they get a mortgage, they either refinance or re repurchase a home? Because I'm thinking new business, right? And he goes, Jim, uh, the average time is about seven to eight years when people right. refi or something like that. And he goes, but here's the deal. Every month that I mail this newsletter to my current and past clients, I get at least one new client by way of referral. I said, no way. He goes, at least one. Sometimes it's two a month. So he said, and I forget, he might have been spending four or $500 a month on his newsletter. And I said, so every time you mail your newsletter, you can predictably get one or two new clients and it more than pays for the newsletter. And, and it, because of this, his, his customer base keeps growing, the, the numbers keep growing. And that become one of that, you know, when I started speaking, that became one of my greatest stories that I tell. I tell that story of uh, my, mor my first client being a mortgage broker. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, that is something that everyone does, um, the newsletters, you know, to go back to their current database and, and make sure that they're increasing their numbers. I think where the problem lies is, um, especially nowadays, it's hiding behind keyboard confidence. Or hiding behind these, you know, behind newsletters is I'll send this, the newsletter, I'll send the email, but I won't pick up the phone and make the call. And that's that's where um, they have to make that decision to take that next step, the the decision to actually communicate with somebody. Um, well, by the way, I'm talking about a print and mail paper and ink. Oh, newsletter. I know. Well, we still do okay. that. We still <laughs> yeah. do that in our industry, we, but we do emails and then we do, you know, we just we we hide behind that um, behind you know, the emails or the newsletter and say, hey, the newsletter's there, so therefore they're going to work with me. Therefore, they're going to remember me. And the second level of that is actually reaching out and making the decision to make a phone call and say, did you get the newsletter? How was it? Was it helpful? How can I help you? What else can we do? Um, right. And so these are, these are small little decisions, you know. What, um, I mean, I can ask everybody, have you ever been bitten by an elephant? And the answer is no. But have you been bitten by a mosquito? And the answer is absolutely. It's yeah. these li seemingly insignificant things that we're not doing that bite us. You know, the seemingly insignificant taking the next step, making that next decision, saying, you know, I'm comfortable because I'm so afraid to do things. I think I'll just be comfortable not growing. Yeah. And it's safer, you know, to do it. So let's talk, let's talk about that as it relates to that growth of, um, unless you have a specific comment you'd like to make there, but... Um, about uh, the delegation, you know, or stay small. But go ahead and, and yeah. finish your thought. So there. I have a, I have a. Uh, well, I was going to mention. There's a book called The Slight Edge. Uh, I forget who okay. wrote it, but basically, the, the here's the concept: the slight edge are things that successful people do every day, even though there's no immediate benefit. But over time, it becomes a major benefit. And if you st so, let's just say exercise. You're doing push-ups. And actually, when I read the book, I was uh, had a buddy. We read it together, and we both said, you know, I haven't done push-ups in years. Ba barely do five good Marine-style push-ups. I can do 30 or 40 a day now because this is like four years ago. But here's the deal. If you do a push-up, if I could do five push-ups, the next day I probably could only do five. Maybe three days later I might do six. But if you do push-ups every single day, you are getting stronger and stronger, and that's called the slight edge. So in business – the way I tell it is if I, I do weekly videos, if I stop doing a video, if I didn't want to do one this week, I doubt anybody would notice. But that would make it easy to do it not next week or maybe twice uh -huh. a month. And suddenly you start chipping away at the momentum. The trend. So it is, yeah. it is the slight edge. And, you know, the people who reach the top 1% in any category, industry, those are people that are willing to do the hard things. They're people that are willing to do the things that most, that actually 99% of the people are not willing to do in order to have success that they will never have. So even in the, in the mortgage business, you know, I'm sure you've been in it so long, you go to a conference or some kind of a, a nationwide association meeting or something, there's probably going to be 
I'm just going to guess. There's going to be 10 people that everybody knows who they are. Those are the rock stars. They're probably doing a million bucks a year, and the average yeah. person does 50 grand. I'm just guessing. But those are the top one percenters. I guarantee there is every single thing they should be doing, they are doing. And they do it every single day, no excuses. Right, the mundane. Because everyone thinks, you know, we were talking about your success, uh, you know, Squishyville. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, everybody thinks that you just, you know, you're an overnight success. You had, you know, lucky. Well, overnight took 20, 30 years of doing the mundane, behind-the-scenes, unsexy things persistently every day. Yeah, you know, when you see somebody successful, this is why I say you're seeing the finished product. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing the years. You're not seeing the, the, the years of uh, 80 hours a week. You're not seeing the uh, money either wasted or invested. You're not seeing the tears and the turmoil and missed baseball games and, and ballet recitals. <laughs> you know, when you, and that works in business. It works in music. You don't, when you see somebody successful, you don't see the years and years and years of driving a broken down van, eating soup out of a can. <laughs> you know, so right. when you see somebody successful, you don't see that. You know, I, I, if I ever added up how many hours I've worked my first 10, 12 years in business, I would probably fall over and faint. I mean, like 80, when I hear people say, oh, I just put a 40-hour weekend, I'm saying, gosh, what a vacation is that, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. And, I, you know, again, this is, this is something that this hope that people put out there, you know, is, and, and that's why I love the name of your book. I mean, I, I mean, it's silly, right? It's just decide. But so so where where's the disconnect? Why why don't people actually take that step? I mean, besides fear, and how can we? And you said getting it personal. The pain isn't there. But but if someone's listening to this and they're saying, I hear you, I get it, I can talk. Okay, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll look at myself and say, Well, you're you're the problem. But what is, what is going to be the what's the shift? What's is is there a magic shift? It's, you know what? That could I really help think someone. I, Jen, I really think it's like the lion's paw that has the thorn. It, if it hurts enough, nothing's going to make you do things you don't want to do unless there's enough, unless there's enough pain, right? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a coaching client about uh, three years ago. He was only with me about four months because he just he couldn't decide. He couldn't decide to do the hard things. He was starting a business. And what was required in that business was he needed to make cold calls because he was starting from scratch. And I said, well, you, you know people. I said, give me your phone. I said, you know people. You've probably got 100 contacts. Of course, it's family, friends, friends of family and friends. And those are the people, unfortunately, that you have to hit up right now to just get some momentum. You need your first client. Get a second client. You just need to start somewhere. That's where you can start. And month after month, he just couldn't get himself to make these cold calls. He thought it was beneath him. He thought he was the founder and CEO of his own corporation, but he had no income, no revenue. And uh, on the third month, <clears throat> uh, some of my coaching clients call this tough love, Jim's tough love. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a no-nonsense guy. And I said, uh, his name's not Scott, but I'll just say, hey, Scott, can can I be honest with you? I mean, I need to be, I need to be like, really candid with you. And, and by the way, you may not even want to talk to me after I say what I need to say. He goes, no, man, that's why I'm paying you. Give it to me. And I said, uh, you have a beautiful wife. She has a VP level job. I know you've got a beautiful home. I know when you sit at your desk in your home office and you look at that phone and you decide that I'm not going to make those cold calls today, I'm going to send out an email or I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing. There's not enough pain. Because as your business is, is floundering and not getting off the ground, you're not missing a meal, you've got a beautiful wife, you've got a home, you've you got everything you want, so you're not hungry. Mm. I said, what gets you to do the things is when you're hungry and scared and, and you're fearful that you're going to lose what you have. And I said, until you have that, you're not going to make those calls. And mm -hmm. about a month later, we did one more call, and he said, you know, I'm just not into this. So, But in re that's what I mean. You know, yeah. if yeah. you, you could have people. People just sort of go along their, their whole life being mediocre as a result of that. Well, that's right. And, and by the way, that is society in general. I mean, it, if, whether you call it the 80-20 principle or the top 10, top 5, top 1%, 
there are people um, who are business owners or employees who do who do enough to get by. They might get their one or two percent, but it it they're not going to get to the next level because whether I, I don't know. I'm not a psychoanalyst, but they're not driven. They don't feel enough pain. There's not enough remorse. I don't know what it is, but you know that's what really Jen. That's what makes up society in general. I mean, there are people that are motivated who want more who just won't accept no. And they go and they go and they go and they create a business, they hire people, they train them, they empower them. You know, that's that's how it works. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times the people that they hire exceed them, exceed them. They super exceed them. And, you know, I've seen that a lot of times in our industry. You bring on somebody and you bring, you know, bring on a loan officer and you train them and do all that. And then you sit there and you go, well, how come they're they're doing so much better than me? I mean, I'm the one who trained them. I, I have all the smarts. But. It's the difference between taking action and sitting still. That's exactly not, right. And not and not doing that. Let's talk about Squishyville. Okay. So <laughs> in my book, this, so by the way, the title for the book, I was doing a bunch of interviews, and a lot of times, uh, you know, there's the formulaic interviews, which is not what you're doing, but, you know, well, what's this? What's the one thing? What's the last book you read? All that stuff. Yeah. Well, somebody goes, what's the one? And I'm getting, okay, here it comes. And they said, what's the one word? that would best describe the difference between really successful people and just your average business owner. And I said, decide. And the guy goes, what do you mean? I said, it's really successful business people when they're faced with either a challenge or an opportunity question, they quickly assess pros and cons, various options, yes or no, and they decide either yes or no, but they keep moving forward. Growing businesses thrive on momentum. And indecision is the opposite of momentum. Indecision is a momentum killer. Um, I'm a boater, Jen, so in nautical language, that's like Uh throwing an anchor off the back of your boat and trying to get up on plane. You're dragging something that doesn't belong there. Indecision, if you decide yes or no, you've got either a 50-50 chance or actually better than that, that you're going to make a good decision and you'll course correct as you go, but you keep moving forward. And if you decide no, you keep moving forward doing whatever it is you're doing that day. But when you say no, I'll think about it, or I don't mean no, but when you say I'll think about it, I'll put it on the back burner, anything like that, that means uh, that is indecision. And, and people who can't make a decision uh, do not grow. They just, it's like the snowball that's rolling down the hill and it keeps hitting a tree. It busts in half and it kind of start all over again, or it keeps, you know, maybe you start going up the hill and then you go back down, you know, so the, and, and I, I really think the ability to decide is like a muscle. It's, I think the more you exercise your ability to make decisions, you move forward. It's like exercise, you're strengthening that muscle. And so what I say basically, because I like to paint funny pictures in my books. If you are a person racked with indecision, you reside in a place I call Squishyville because you just can't make a decision. You know, we're kind of doing this interview during political season. So there's the people who have decided yes or no or left or right. And then there's the people in the middle. And I'm the people in the middle, if you can't make a decision at this point, <laughs> man, what must the rest of your life look like? Not, I'm not saying anything about independence in general. I'm saying people that after a year and a half of this, if you don't know which way you're going, I mean, you're going to have a hard time making a decision in anything in life, in my opinion. So, so if a loan officer, I mean, um, how do I want to say this? If a loan officer... It's one thing for them to be in Squishyville and not be able to be decisive and saying, you know what, that's it. I'm tired of having high volume, low volume, because I go out and I chase the deal and I get them all in and I bring them in and I covet them and I become an operations person and then I don't have any business. And I go back and do it again and you say, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to make the decision to bring on other team members. And make sure that that it is a, it allows me to propel my business right right so you know my hope is that loan officers will start doing that but let's assume that we have a loan officer that has made that decision and they have uh you know a team and everything so i'm kind of, kind of fast forwarding here just a little bit is when you're talking about people generally any suggestions for how we can as salespeople, not about ourselves uh, but as salespeople help our clients get out of Squishyville, we hear that a lot in our industry. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, let me think about it, you know, and then what happens is that they think long enough that they start playing online and they start going and they shop alone. So how how can we get them? I heard someone say this before. If you're on the fence with your client, um, you're going to get splinters with them. So you need yeah. to get them off the fence, either no or yes, but don't be on the fence with your clients. So any suggestions that you could give us for getting our clients out of Squishyville? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, Jen, this could be a 90-minute call just on this topic, but I'll I'm see sure. if I can give you a good <laughs> we'll short answer. Y'all have to have you back, right? Yeah, well, it's, it really has to do with your brand and your positioning. So uh, one of the things that gets people to say yes in any industry is urgency and scarcity. So if they believe there's a reason to take action quickly, um, because there may be an offer or a price or maybe there's a rate going up, whatever it is, buyers – react differently when they feel there's a sense of urgency compared to, well, I'm glad for the information. I can do this next week or next month, and there's no difference, right? So some way, shape, or form, you have to instill some urgency. And by the way, you can't control the rates or the markets or whatever, but you can control some things in the business, how quickly you react, how people are concerned about um, time frames and paperwork. I mean, you could do something to create a sense of urgency. And the other thing which determines how quickly people say yes is a sense of scarcity. So I don't know if they're, you know, by the way, if, 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 you're, if your uh, loan officer could process, say, uh, 10 deals a week, and suddenly his phone was ringing off the hook and he's got 30 people. Could he actually process 30 a week? Probably not, unless he hires help and figures it out. But there is a right. scarcity factor. We can only do so much in, in this week, and then your settlement will be pushed off. Well, people don't want that. So the, long end, the, the short answer of a long discussion is you have to create some urgency, and you also have to instill some sense of scarcity into the deal, or people will drag their heels. Right. Well, and I think also this is something I've talked about before is, you know, um, part of that, just to reverse that just a little bit and reflect it back on the loan officer, is the difference between them being in demand and on demand. And, um, you know, a lot of people in sales are on demand. You know, they'll do anything. They're cats on a marble floor. They try to get anything and everything in. And, and that it becomes a scarcity that the client can read. It's not a scarcity for the client. It's the scarcity right. of the salesperson, right? And so when you're in demand, when you're um, perceived, you know, to person be the that, perceived to be the expert, and just like you were saying, well, you had said, you know, I, I didn't do these things because I was afraid. You know, when I first started in the business, I, I uh, you know, I just didn't say that I was available. I didn't say I'm, I'm open all day. I would say I have something available at 2 and something available at 4, and then I would sit there and twiddle my thumbs for four days because I had nothing. But I wanted them to think I was. When I, was, right. when I called a client back, I'd say, hey, I just wanted you to know that I got your, your voicemail. I'm about ready to walk into a meeting with another client right now. Can I call you back at another time? I had no client meeting, but I wanted the perception to be there you know, that, that they needed to meet with me as quickly as they can because I was in demand. That's I right. wasn't on demand, you know. Um, so that might be a, you know, a suggestion um, as well. Aside from product selection, market changes, I mean, certainly um, we're, we're talking today, you know, during the presidential election and, you know, there's going to be some scarcity and urgency tomorrow with, with breaks. That's right. <laughs> right, yeah. and we're going to have to really make some make some shifts, and uh, so certainly the market can can bring that in. But if the market can, if there's nothing that's going on in the market, or um, you know anything, it's not a competitive market for real estate and buying homes. And I I think we can also instill that just by being different. In well, you know, this is another conversation that could easily be an hour. But here, the bottom line is, you people who earn significant incomes do so more for who they are than what they do. Mm -hmm. It's not about the deliverable because I'm telling you there's at least 10, 100, or 1,000 other people that also do what you what do, do, which is provide mortgages, right? Mm -hmm. So it is the people who are perceived to be, man, if you're going to get a mortgage, you've got to go see, you know, you've got to go see Jen or, or Tom or whatever. He's the number one guy. He'll get you. And, and it does take, it takes some time to develop that brand and that reputation. But if you do, it's like when I had my cancer, I had melanoma in, in 2000 and um, 
one and when I, I didn't even know what it was but I quickly found out and I didn't just go to the, the nearest hospital and say hey I need a surgeon I, I found out who is the best guy in the Philadelphia area that handles melanoma and that's who I, I went to see and my wife a couple of years ago had a spiral fracture on the ice she stepped off the curb and broke her ankle but it wasn't just a split it was like a the bone like spiraled like a twisty uh, pretzel and so we didn't just go to see an orthopedic surgeon we did a little bit of research who is the number one guy who who specializes in spiral fractures we went to see that guy when I hired my CPA a dozen years ago I didn't just go to a CPA local to me I said who's the guy that handles home-based businesses and works with QuickBooks that's the guy I want I don't want to I don't want a firm that says by the way we handle everything from fortune 100 down to the entrepreneurs we we give like high level we bring our huge team to bear for entrepreneurial blah blah so it's another word oh yeah and who believes that right I want the guy who eats sleeps and breathes home-based businesses he's gonna know every deduction every law every loophole whatever and my other thing was I use QuickBooks I don't want somebody who works in five different things this and three people said oh Scott he, he all he work, he only takes clients in QuickBooks and he only he mostly works with entrepreneurs and, and a few small business owners he doesn't work with any big clients that's my guy been with me 12 years so you need to figure out how can you brand yourself to be that person that person in demand and when you do that and it's not easy but it can be done when you do that people will there'll be a sense of urgency because your your schedule is booked you got people you know doing everything they can to see you because you're busy that's when your prices go up yeah absolutely and so you know if you're listening in I mean hopefully what you're doing is hearing between the lines here <laughs> between the lines is that this decision to not be the catch-all for everybody you know as you originally started and we talked about here um, there's another another um, person that I know and she has uh, she has a business and she talks about cookies you know everybody's not going to want your chocolate chip cookies you're selling cookies right um, some people don't like chocolate chip and you have to understand but those that do make the best chocolate chip cookies in the world you know and that's what it is it's about being an expert in a specific line um, so that uh, you know the ones that don't need you that's fine but those that do you can be in high demand you can increase your prices you can demand how how things are going to go rather than uh, you being pulled along by a client right that's exactly it. Um, and and I think that's that's extremely important um, can we go back to I keep going back to this can we talk about the GPS it's a report I wrote I, I actually um, if you were if you were to read I say I'm on, I'm on a flight back I forget where I was coming from but um, I don't sleep on a plane I just basically get Wi-Fi and or work and I wrote a report uh, what your GPS says about your likeliness to succeed and GPS um, you know obviously stands for uh, global positioning system but in my thing GPS stands for guts persistence and strategy and I talk about um, there's different stages of guts per se there's the first stage when you decide to either go into business for yourself or go out on your own or or do whatever the second stage of guts is when you're in that startup phase and you're kind of slow going you need to really do some of the things we talked about earlier and excuse me the third stage of guts Jen is when you're doing well maybe you even have a staff you've hired some extra hands and you start to get comfortable not only are you getting comfortable because revenues are up but you're also getting a little more cautious because it's not just you you have people that are counting on you and what happens then is you start making more conservative decisions about growth because you now got to protect certain things okay. and really what got you to that point in the first place was I guess I hope I'm okay saying this balls to the wall spirit of growth when you're new right and yeah. so you need to get that back now um, the second stage of GPS is positioning we've just talked about that in fact the last five minutes we covered that and then s is strategy and that is having a strategy to grow to actually become recognized as the leader in the industry so when someone either Google's you or some way uh, 
you know, I guess phone book would be antiquated at this point, but yeah. if somebody Googles, Googles, you know, loan officers or mortgages, it's like your name is going to be the first one. Or you ask five people in your neighbors or whatever, hey, where'd you get your new mortgage? Oh, my gosh, you got to go see Tom. you got to go see Jen. Yeah, there's a bunch of people, but, man, they made it so easy that everything, they made it, blah, blah. They start singing your praises. That's what that strategy and positioning is all about. That's brilliant. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's so simple. It's silly simple, right? But it, but it is. It's extremely brilliant. It's it's um, making the decision, you know, which direction you're going to want you're going to want to go, and recognizing where you are now, and and recognizing whether you're making those conservative decisions, whether you're holding back in some capacity, and and having that mindset to change, and then once you've made that change, is making sure that you're positioning yourself as the expert in the marketplace. Um, by making that, and then finding out ways to create um, exposure so that everyone knows that you are the expert and, and they're talking about you and, and moving forward. I mean, it's just, so, it's just real. To me, it's super easy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just super easy to be able to, to throw something, and I don't mean throw, but, but to put something like that together, you know, very quickly. Um, once you make that change in mindset and say, I can't do this anymore, I mean, it's your hell yes. You know, That's right. hell no, I can't do this anymore. So, hell yes, I've got to. There's no other option here. Or, you know, you I, do, I learned. You can do the status, status quo if you want. Yeah, I learned something um, kind of back when I was dealing with. Uh, my uh, life situation. Um, I, I have a, uh, a real nice uh, hourglass. What is it? An hourglass with a sand drips out? Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. hourglass. Hourglass. And mm-hmm. it's, on, it's on my desk, and I don't flip it over every time, but I look at it some once in a while, and I, I remind myself that the sand will run out someday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another way to say that is I believe we are all playing on the main stage. This is not a dress rehearsal. You will not get another chance. Eventually, the curtain will come down for all of us. It could be 10, 15, 50 years. It could be tomorrow. But the curtain will come down, and, and I, for one, don't want to live with regrets or wondering why didn't I do this or do that. And, um, and I think people who are in business or people who have jobs and their, and their performance dictates the kind of life their family's going to have, uh, again, this is, this is not dress rehearsal. This is the main stage. And it's time to uh, it's time to really start performing. Absolutely, you know I use an analogy just to share with you on that is um, if you you know look online at what the life expectancy is uh, for someone who's born in whatever year you are, use a measuring tape and pull the measuring tape out to where you are now, what your age is now, and pull the measuring tape out to what your life expectancy is based on national averages and look how much life you've lived and how much you have left. And you got to get busy. There's no more time, you know, enough, enough messing around, enough saying you will and not doing it enough, enough of all these things. It's now time for you to um, make the changes that are necessary to get where you want to go in the time you have left. That's you know, right. Extremely, extremely critical. And, um, you know, again, this is why my company is called Kinetic Spark. It's about movement and taking action and putting, you know, spark, putting a spark in, engaging and moving forward. Um, but you've got to have the passion to do it, and there's got to be that pain, you know, as you're saying. So, yeah. so as we sort of start wrapping things up, Jim, what are some um, final thoughts that you want to leave with us um, knowing loan officers and how they are and you know we're coming up to 2017 and everyone's kind of put they're putting their business plan together right now and um what are some things you you'd suggest to incorporate into your business plan to ensure some success in making decisions throughout the year well we've talked an awful lot about mindset i heard somebody i don't remember who said it first but somebody says you need to get a checkup from the neck up mm-hmm. because i'll tell you this it's not for lack of going to a new seminar or a strategy or reading another book or getting talking to somebody who's do it, it's none of that it all has to do with your mindset you could have absolutely every strategy nailed down you could read every book go to every seminar whatever it takes you could work with someone like yourself for forever and someone like me forever and until your mindset is open to and receptive to and programmed to say hell as you say hell yes and not hell no right. it's not going to nothing's going to change so in some respects and you know 
so I'll, I'll be a little bit of the, the, the bad cop here. When they listen to your show and other shows or whatever, you know, it's all good information, but information for information's sake alone is worthless. Mm-hmm. Information that you put into action is what it's all about. And so, uh, you, I, you know, I, I, um, you know, I have a mastermind group and I, was, uh, I shared something with them today as I was closing out. And I said, this is how you get in touch with your, um, with your subconscious mind. I don't know if the people listening are familiar with all that, thinking grow rich type stuff, but yeah. your subconscious mind is an absolute vault of everything that you've heard, read, um, listened to, have seen, have experienced. It's all stored up there. And so there's a, a ton of answers. And the way to get great answers is to ask great questions. So this is a, this is a uh, strategy. You asked me about a strategy a long time ago. I'm going to give you a strategy. You get into a room. Turn off your phone. I don't want beepers and buzzers and vibrations. You're in a room quiet by yourself. I think it's dark. It's helpful if it's dark. And you sit there quietly, very, very quietly. And you close your eyes. You try and get into like a little bit of a meditation, but you don't have to cross your legs and go home or anything like that. Right. You just sit quietly. And you say, you ask this question, and don't just ask it in your head so you hear it internally. You say it out loud so your ears pick it up. You say, what do I need to do to add another $50,000 of income in 2017, or insert whatever number you want, to add another $250,000, doesn't matter, something big. What do I have to do to add another $250,000 of income in 2017 that I'm not doing now? And see, that question, if you said, boy, I'd love to close another three deals a month, you probably know how to do that already, even though you're not doing it. Of course you, you need do. to go to you, more networking, more letters, more ask for referrals. So that's easy. But to add another $250,000 of revenue, that is outside the box thinking. Those are th- and all you've got to do is ask your subconscious mind. It'll probably feed you the answer. Now, I guarantee you're not going to like it because it's going to say you should hire a coach. You should do this. You should create your own brand. You might want to start your own business. Whatever it is. You need to pick up the phone and make those phone calls. You need right. to do that or do that. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, if you're serious about growing, do that. Get into a quiet place. Ask that question out loud. It's not going to come to you like five seconds later. It'll come to you. It could come to you 10 minutes later. It could come to you a week later when you're driving your car, but suddenly you're going to see something or become aware of something. Something you said, Jen, on a call 15 years ago. Well, maybe you know, five months right. ago. And, and it's going to resonate and you go, oh yeah, that's right. And you're going to decide that at that point, you're going to think of my book, decide. And you're going to, oh, I need to decide yes or no, but not maybe. How serious am I about adding this huge amount of revenue to, to my business? And right. I guarantee there's going to be at most 10% of the people will do it and 90% will be in the same place they were in 2018. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's therein lies the issue, you know, yep. is doing it. I have a suggestion. I'll let you give me feedback on it, but if someone's going to, you know, if you're putting your plan together and you're going to attend an event and you're going to, um, you know, go to these seminars, you're going to read a book and all that thing, I think at the end of that, you want to incorporate some white space to uh, assess what you learned, what you're going to take action on, and maybe put, you know, maybe do, make a decision, make a decision, you know, put a decide uh, time block, you know, a right. decide time block that says, okay, I just went to this event, I just read this book, here's my decide time, and I'm going to use this time just as you were explaining, and I'm going to say, based on what I learned, what do I need, need to make decisions on, on what I just learned, on what I just read, that will impact positively my success, my life, my business? And incorporate that into your daily, you know, your weekly schedule, your daily schedule, or any time you have uh, just finished a book or any time that you have gone to a seminar to create that white space to, to actually work on it because it's going to be forgotten if not. What do you think? That's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's yeah. fine. But here's the thing. Most people go to a seminar and they come home with 52 pages of notes. Oh, I know. You have to make separate notes. <laughs> you, can only, you can only do yeah. one or two, maybe three if you're really good. In reality, you can have one or two goals that you're going to get through. Anything more than that, and, and you end up in Squishyville because nothing's getting done. So you pick the best one or two ideas at the most, 
and you come up with a plan to get them done like ASAP, imperfection. Perfection is the enemy of progress. So just mm-hmm. do it. Good is good enough. Launch it and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very well said. Very well said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. What would you like to leave us with today? Anything? Well, I'll, I'd, I'd like to give uh, your listeners a free copy of my book, Decide, if that would be helpful. Awesome. I'm still kind of in launch mode. Um, uh-huh. So it is at Decide for Success book.com decide for success book.com um, the only thing it's a real paperback it's not a download um, this book will, will ch- it has a possibility to change your life I will absolutely say that I've gotten so many reviews from that but the only thing I'll ask is you'll pick uh, pay 695 shipping and handling mm-hmm. um, I'll mail it anywhere I've mailed them internationally one book the other day cost me 28 bucks. That's okay. Oh, 695 gosh. shipping and handling. It's a right. Newfoundland or something. Yeah. Well, 695 shipping and, and, and read it. Don't just get it and put it in your to-be-read pile. You read that book, and you're going to realize, because I get really transparent, that writing that book, like any more than my other books, was like getting on the, on the therapist couch, because right. I share so much of my own crap and head trash, how I got over it. And so anyway, that, that would be my offer. Is there a special code, or are you sending us to a link that is I'm sending you to perfect. a page uh, that awesome. is still live from when I launched the book awesome. and I've just decided that I've re- I've gotten emails Jen that one of uh, I've gotten a couple in a variation of this but one of them in particular said Jim and I don't know this guy I said Jim I know you wrote this book for me I hate you but thank you <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. I, I thought that was an amazing compliment absolutely it is Absolutely it is. Well, that, that tells you that it, you know, it transcended them. They read it. They, they internalized it, and they took it with them. Thank you so much for offering that to us. We are, I'm, just, I'm just pleasantly surprised. So thank you very much. I sure appreciate it very pleasure. much. That's my pleasure. And okay. uh, you know, I just want to say again, Jim, I, it's been a pleasure having you on here. I absolutely love your book. I'm going to go back and read it again because I mentioned to you, you know, I'm a speed reader. I read, I read through it, and I pulled out a lot, but I'm going to go back and read it again and again and again. I love, by the way, for those of you listening, it's a it's kind of a workbook. Um, so he has at the end of the chapters some thoughts that you can write down and sort of bring everything in and what what your thoughts were at the end. So I really love that it was. Um, that's kind of my mantra or trademark. I don't yeah, know what I it is. Love but that every workbook, book, process. I pull out nuggets and give you a little cu- couple things to do at the end of every chapter. Yeah, I love that. So that it's guaranteed implementation. Guaranteed implementation in it. (laughs) So, again, I want to thank you so much for um, gracing us with your presence and sharing um, your expertise in this area. And, uh, you know, on the show notes, I will have links to your website, you know, about all of your um, different coaching sessions and and training sessions and everything that everyone can um, take advantage of. And and I just um, wish you the best, and I hope that someone listening uh, takes you up on your your coaching or your speaking opportunities for their company um, so that your business also grows um, because what goes around comes around. That's great. Could, could, so could, thank since you. You're, since you're, it's my pleasure. Jen, could, can I give one more since you mentioned yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it, I do an event. It's the next one. I'm not sure about when this interview will air, but it's February 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's oh, in Orlando, Florida. Then. Okay. Okay. Great. It's yep. in Orlando. It's called Dream Business Academy, and I talk. I, I have something that I teach called the Million Dollar Platform, which is uh, probably I covered two percent of it on this call, and we basically teach that. So if somebody's interested, even if even if you're not in a business owner, you're you know you're a loan officer working for business, but you want to take your individual. And I think you you actually have your own business, even if you're a W two employee. You Absolutely, basically are responsible. So mm-hmm. if you want to learn how to brand yourself, like I talked about, how to make yourself indispensable, how to create scarcity and urgency you can come to my event it's at dream biz academy dream b-i-z academy.com and um, if you do come please come up to me and tell me you heard me on this show and i'd love to meet you wonderful thank you okay. well i hope we, uh, right. yeah well hey in february anybody wants to go to florida right <laughs> i know especially if you're in the northeast who doesn't want to right. go to orlando in february right. <laughs> right that's exactly it well thank you again jim it's been a pleasure i really appreciate you um joining me on on the podcast and just a note to everybody again please go to iTunes and write a review I'm always looking for the feedback and it you know keeps me top of mind on iTunes so that we can continue to grow the podcast and I can continue to share uh, my personal success but also the success of others to help your business go to new heights thanks again take care Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates 
transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.